Since 1980, Ray Pika, today's guest, has been an education consultant specializing in whole child development, children's physical activity, and the mind-body connection. Ray is a former college instructor, and she is the author of 19 books. Ray's experience and insights have been sought out by Sesame Street Research Department, Head Start, Centers for Disease Control, the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports, Nickelodeon's Blue Clu- Blues Clues, Bree, Nike, and state health departments throughout the country. There's more. I could read it to you, but why don't you go to the website, her website. It's uh, www. RayPika.com. She spells her name R-A-E-P-I-C-A. I've been learning from Ray for years, but actually never made contact until recently when I saw that she had created an online course to help early childhood educators with the massive challenge of creating smooth transitions between activities. So I recommend that you get your notepaper out and get ready to gain some fantastically fun and very practical ways to make everybody's school time flow more smoothly for much happier days for everyone, you and your students. Welcome to the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. My name is Nene White. I had high expectations for the value of this conversation with Ray, but she exceeded them in every way. I can't wait to hear if you agree, so I hope you'll let me know. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to a conversation I have been looking forward to. Actually, I didn't even know I could ever have a conversation like this with our guest today, but it's happening. Welcome, Ray Pika. Thank you, Nini. Thanks for inviting me. I have have been aware of you for years and um, have recommended you and what you offer to countless teachers. And now, uh, no, truly, I think that what you do is clear and practical and just brings success to teachers. And I have nothing but respect for you. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I I have been around for years. (laughs) Many, (laughs) many years. Well, good. Thank you for being around. Um, t- today, I, I, I see that you're um, offering teachers a way to have smoother transitions. And, oh, Lordy, we all know that's something that we could all have help with, especially in a, on a consistent basis throughout the day, throughout the week. So- yeah. It was surprising to me, you know, as I was leading up to the uh, launch of my online course on transitions, the excitement it seemed to generate on social media. I thought, wow, they, they really, really want to hear about transitions. I'm, I completely believe it. Yeah. So I have a few questions for you, but uh, feel free to to, you know, go and extrapolate in any directions you want. But my first question is, um, I'm just wondering why you think that transitions are so challenging for teachers and probably for kids, too. And I'm sure that there's more than one answer. So I want to hear all your answers. OK, well, I think uh, teachers are doing transitions the way they've always been done, which is to say asking children to do what they're not yet developmentally ready to do. I mean, if we think about it, um, you know, in my presentations, I ask the the audience to tell me 
a couple of words that come to mind when I mention transitions. And they say things like, you know, frustrating, chaotic, et cetera, et cetera. And then I ask them, not developmentally speaking, um, I mean, not academically speaking, sorry. Yeah. What, what are a couple of things that young children aren't yet developmentally ready to do? Mm-hmm. And they say things like, be quiet, um, be still, stand in line. And of course, those are all the things we ask them to do mm-hmm. with transitions. So we're setting ourselves and the children up for failure right from the get-go. Ouch. So yeah. I say, let's try it a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, so basically, we need to look at things differently, which is which is the life of an educator, right? You can never stop looking at things differently and improving. So, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so transitions probably require some planning ahead. Mm-hmm. So um, that requires looking at your whole day. What What's required in all of that? Well, I think that transitions do need to be planned in the same way the rest of the program is planned. I don't want early childhood teachers to feel as though I'm saying, you know, they've got to create lesson plans for it. I mean, heaven forbid. But if they have a collection of finger plays and songs and transition activities, um, you know, I don't know. Do people keep these things in notebooks and on index cards anymore? I I hope so, because they're really easy to just grab one. Um, But then, you know, the children aren't waiting, which is another thing that they're not very good at. So, you know, having them planned, having them um, uh, aligned with the transition itself. For example, if you're going to snack or lunch, why not do something that relates to food, you know, um, so that it, it is a continuation of, of the learning. Uh, let's see, they can, you know, move in the shape of a carrot. Um, they love <laughs> to move like um, soup sloshing in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they love to move like jello wiggling, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, they're young children. Let's appeal to their wonderful imaginative senses, you know. And have their playful sense, yes. Yes, yes. And early childhood professionals should be playful too if they've got into this field. Heck yes. Oh, yeah. that's lovely. I love that. Oh, good. <laughs> Are there any more examples you want to give us? Oh, that's, I can't stop smiling now. <laughs> well, let's see. Um you know, I have been in schools doing site visits and such, and I've I've watched the frustration grow. I mean, in one instance, to the point where the teacher was screaming at the children to go oh. up the stairs, you know, um, in a straight line, quiet, blah, blah. And uh, I just wonder why the children couldn't pretend to be climbing a mountain instead of, you know, going up a flight of stairs. Uh, oh. And- you know, or, or why not play a game of follow the leader in which the teacher at the head of the line tiptoes in an exaggerated manner, you know, as oh. I said, you're supposed to have fun teaching in, in early childhood. So um, the kids would love that, would love that. And if you've got to go down a hall where there are other classes taking place and you, you need to be quiet, well, why not pretend to be kitty cat stalking a bird or a weightless oh. ass? You know, 
I mean, gosh, there are just a gazillion possibilities. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes I just think that teachers need to be remember when they were a kid. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you haven't forgotten. (laughs) Well, well, maybe not. I I perhaps have never grown up. Yeah. (laughs) Which Good. is fine, but it's funny because I just wrote a blog post um, this week about, you know, our expectations of children, and I quoted Bev Boss, who talked about childhood amnesia, and she said, if adults could remember, the late, great Bev Boss, she yes. said, if, if adults could remember what it was like to be a child, we wouldn't be asking them to do the things we're asking them to do right now, you know? Right, um, right. Okay. Thank you. Oh my gosh. This is so rich. Um, So sometimes kids, they're really engaged in something. What do you do with those kids that are really focusing in on their Lego or their, you know, Mm -hmm. their clay or their painting or their costume play or, you know, how do you get them to shift gears? I mean, that's a bigger challenge. It is a challenge because young children really do become engaged in things. And that is how they learn best. But mm-hmm. sadly, in this education climate, that's becoming less and less possible. Nini, someone told me just recently that she was subbing in a classroom where the children were expected to transition. And I just can't even believe I'm going to say this every eight to 10 minutes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it leaves you speechless, doesn't it? It's actually insane. Uh, and it's contrary to everything we know about young children, how they learn, how the brain works, all the research. It's just contrary to all of that. So, I mean, I think the, the, the best way to make them feel respected is to interrupt them as few times as possible. Yes. Um, you know, just have as few transition as possible. Beyond that, I think we need to respect their level of development, the ways in which they learn. Um, so the examples that I gave you do respect them as as, as yes. stage of development they're at, um, their their minds, their wonderful wonderful minds, and and when they're engaged body and mind, then I mean that's that's what they love. They find joy in that sort of thing. So if they're pretending to be a weightless astronaut or or a soup sloshing in the bowl. Uh, they're less likely to act out, right? Because they're just fully engaged. But if if we ask them to walk with their hands behind their backs with bubbles in their mouths, I just don't feel that respects them at all. No. So I guess an answer to your question of the fewer transition, you know, as, as few as possible, and then make them as enjoyable as possible so the children don't resent them. Right, right, right. I mean, I can't even shift that often. Um, oh, no. that eight, yeah, it's very unnatural. Yeah, um, I mean, I've got a, a, a new app on my phone, which I was very proud to find. Um, <laughs> because I, it was my intention in 2019 to get up from my seat more often as I work, because yes. man, I can get stiff. But it yes. didn't ever happen. So as I was contemplating it for 2020, I thought, well, how am I going to make this happen? And so I found this app. And I set it to remind me every 30 minutes to get up. And even at 30 minutes, sometimes I'm so fully involved in what I'm doing that I swear at the darn thing because I just, you know, I don't want to be interrupted. Right. Um, and it's just, 
it's even more so with children, you know, so we have to give them transitions that, that they'll look forward to and that they'll enjoy. Right. And, and I imagine uh, that when most of the kids are doing it and it looks like they're having fun, Mm. then that can help the other kids. Is there anything that you want to comment on that? No, I think that's absolutely true. I often say that if, you know, all the children don't, don't come gather um, for story time or don't, uh, you know, resist playing a game or something. If you just start without them, almost, I mean, I don't mean to be manipulative, right. but um, they do want to, to be a part of things. And so it's, it's better than, than arguing with them, with debating with them and, and taking time with children who do want to get started. So I think the same thing does work with transitions. If the children, the rest of the children look like they're having fun, then um, the reluctant ones will join in. It's human nature. It's kid nature. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love this. This is so practical. Mm. Um, So, you know, the benefits for kids to have positive associations with changing gears, transitions, what have you seen for kids in the the long view that... um, what have you observed for the kids, for the teachers, for the class, for the whole development of the whole class? What can you give us any insights on that? Well, I think that um, if the transitions don't occur too frequently, children will learn to bring closure to activities, um, which, you know, is is something they're going to have to learn. I, I, but I don't hmm, I don't know. Right. When, when I say that, I'm reluctant because, you know, we talk about t- teaching children to sit still in preschool because they're going to have to learn to do that in kindergarten and up. And that is not, you know, we have to respect where they are in preschool. I use the yeah. example, most kids will have to learn to drive eventually, but that doesn't mean they stick them behind the wheel when they're four, you know. Um, but yeah, they will, you know, learn to bring closure to activities. They'll learn to follow directions. But for me, the big thing that the transition should offer is, is that they be part of the overall learning experience. You know, there's no reason why they can't be linked to curriculum content. A, a lot of experts have called transitions a waste of learning time. But if we think about, you know, the food examples, well, food is part of nutrition, which comes under the content area of science. Um, if they're pretending to be weightless astronauts or kitty stocky birds. Again, we're talking science. If we ask them to move um, as lightly as though they were walking on eggs, they didn't want to break them. Well, lightly is an ad- adverb and it's part of emergent literacy. You know, I mean, there, there's just so many ways. Follow the leader it may seem like just, you know, plain old game, but the children are learning to physically replicate what their eyes are seeing. And that's challenging. And it's what they'll need to do when they learn to write their letters and numbers. And so there's no reason why it can't be part of, of the learning process. And, and I think that that's, you know, that's all they need to be tied to the curriculum content and, and uh, engaging the children's minds and bodies. Oh God, this makes complete sense complete oh my mother always told me I had no common sense so (laughs) oh well I graduated from high school with a d minus average well good for you I mean (laughs) I mean seriously high school was not the best time for a lot of us (laughs) right I mean it's just I didn't have that kind of a brain I had a different kind of a brain that wasn't you know noticed then but uh I managed to climb out of that 
a hole of, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, it's just that what that experience taught me, and I don't mean the, this to be about me, but it just really made me see that we are all so different and we all have to be seen in our uniqueness. And that mm-hmm. so much goes as teachers with our ch- the children in our care. I mean, yeah, because we don't know how they're unique form of intelligence will manifest and when it will manifest, you know. Exactly. So why are we sticking worksheets in front of them and making them standardized tests and all that sort of thing? You know, so yeah. we want them to fit into some sort of mold. I mean yeah. grief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Good grief. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on the grief. Yeah. Okay. One final question as much as I'd love to talk about this all day long. Um, um this podcast, as you know, is the Big Picture Social Emotional Learning Podcast. And so social emotional learning is the the basic thread through all of these conversations. How do you see this great big topic of transitions fitting into the overall topic of kids' social emotional learning? Both, and I want to say both short-term and long-term. Okay, well, I mean, children will learn to move easily into and out of group situations And that involves cooperation and consideration. And to me, this is huge in our competitive society. I mean, to me, learning to be part of a society, learning to cooperate and collaborate is like one of the top, maybe the most important thing children can learn Mm -hmm. in early Mm -hmm. childhood. I mean, we, we are so competitive, um, especially in this country and it's getting worse all the time, but and so, you know, children, four-year-olds prefer com- cooperative activities to competitive right. ones, but we don't get right. that chance often enough. You know, we, we play musical chairs that eliminates and we play that mm. eliminates. And where do they learn to cooperate? Uh, if we think about life, you know, if you're talking long-term, we have relationships with... Uh, life partners, uh, well, with family members, first of all, uh, life partners, co-workers, community members, church members, whatever it might be. To me, there I see more opportunities for cooperation in a lifetime than I do for competition. You know, I mean, we act as though it's hand-to-hand combat out there. There are only six A's to go around in the classroom. Uh, um, yeah. So I, I think that some of these activities, you know, that involve cooperation and consideration are really, really, really significant, both short and, and long term in, in the children's social and emotional development. Because what could be more important than learning how to get along with everyone? Hallelujah, sister. Yeah. Thank you. Really profound. And, you know, it's so simple. It's right in our face. We all hear the truth of what you're saying. But it's just like the culture or the media or the what oh. is, is putting this other reality in front of us. And we don't have to accept that. And we don't have to mold our children like that. Exactly. We do not have to accept it. And we have to, I mean, the media 24-7, you know, um, it's all fear-based. And even marketers yep. have gotten in on it, you know. Yep. And they, yep. they tell you how to use it toothbrush um so that you don't permanently injure yourself i mean it's all just ridiculous Mm -hmm. they are Mm. really there's no easier group of people in the whole world to uh 
to make fearful than parents. I mean, seriously, right. we think about it, but we don't have to accept it. We have to look at the, um, the realities as opposed to, you know, the, the, <sighs> the manipulation. Yeah, the myths of the manipulation. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So. Right. Um, and I'm sure you know this, that uh, I just learned this not too long ago, that fear is the, the strongest emotion in all of us. It's the first one, the first one ready to kick off. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard that, but it doesn't surprise me at all. There are a couple of um, books that where did I recommend this? Maybe in one of my blog posts, um, you know, about the science of fear and, and why it, it, it takes control of people, you know, I mean, we could go on a a whole other tangent as far as the safety of children is concerned, but, um, but the competitive and, and because of that fear, parents have, parenting has become a competitive sport, which um, does the children no good at all. So let's, let's focus on, cooperation and consideration instead. Beautiful. And transitions links into all of that. Well, what is your website? I guess people can go to your blog and learn about the courses that you offer there. Um, yeah. What is your website? Yeah, on my website, on the homepage, if you scroll down, you'll see where the blog is, where the books are, um, and where the online learning is. Just, you know, just click on the links. Um, it's raypika.com. So it's R-A-E. P-I-C-A dot com. Oh, well, that's pretty easy. And I will put that in the show's notes. Excellent. Um, Okay. I had high expectations for this conversation. Um, I'm way over the top of my high expectations now. So just maximum, maximum respect. So maximum appreciation and respect, Ray. Thank Um, you, Mimi. Oh, thank you. If there are other topics that you would like to explore in another conversation, like this fear concept or this competition, I mean, they could even be short conversations Mm -hmm. if you just want to share, whatever. But let's just uh, keep this going, okay? Yeah, I'd be happy to. And if you want to take a look at the blog topics, you know, and and something that especially resonates with you or that wonderful, that would be great. Great. And then maybe if listeners want to write to you or to uh, join the kid, the big picture learning, social, emotional learning podcast, Facebook page and offer questions. There's all kinds of opportunities to really deepen and expand our understanding together. And, and that's just an extension of what you're talking about collaboration and cooperation. (laughs) Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Let's make the rules that we know are right instead of just, you know, marching along to those unhappy drums. Oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm just so grateful. Thank so you. Grateful. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Okay. We'll talk soon. I hope. Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. So much helpful guidance from a master teacher. I hope you'll check out Ray's website because she really has the kind of knowledge that can really help us all to be more and bring more for our students. Thanks for being here. Bye for now.